Hi, beautiful people, and welcome to the Mojo Mecca podcast, a hub for the exploration of ritual, poetry, plants, and purpose. We are here for the deepening of our relationship to the earth, for the love of living in a sustainable way, for the creation of a global network of minxes seeking more mojo, for vulnerability, for thriving, and for joy. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful. Now let's dive into today's conversation. So in episode two, I'm chatting to the gorgeous Megan Rock, or as you may know her online, Megan Moon. Megan Moon encompasses a high quality, very intentionally designed jewelry label where each piece of adornment carries its own symbolism, story and vibration. Through this entity, Megan also shares beautiful YouTube videos that take you on a journey into her inner and outer worlds through the lush Hawaiian jungle that she and her husband Evan dwell on and deep into her inner musings of her consciousness and her intuitive alchemical ways of seeing life. And she's a total plant lover too. In this episode, we dive into the power of surrendering our labels, the creation of business and abundance in a way that comes from authenticity, listening and self-worth, her Celtic roots and her love-filled poetry, and a whole lot more. So let's jump in. Well, thanks so much for saying yes to doing this. Yeah, I feel honored. I've never been... I've never really been interviewed before and I know like this is a lot more of a conversation and um, but I know that you do have some questions and topics you want to go over so it's so new for me I'm usually like on your side of this so it feels super fun Mm. yeah I like to keep it just just casual like a conversation like yeah that's what Mm. I like to do with interviews too and I see you do that really beautifully also with what you've been sharing and it is a really beautiful process also to just yeah kind of hold space for someone to express themselves in um, Mm. a real way and yeah Mm -hmm. using social media platforms to be sharing good information Um, Mm. yeah yeah if you want to begin by just speaking a bit about your heritage your family your childhood and anything you want to share about your journey from from then to now um that yeah really shaped you Mm, yeah that's beautiful so i am pretty 50 50 irish german in my heritage i mean of course i am part everything um because we're all a little bit of everything but that is the majority of my heritage and I feel a lot more connected to the Celtic side of my family because I was an Irish dancer actually for like 12 or 13 years or something like that when I was younger. Wow. And yeah, it was a huge part of my life that is not a part of my life anymore. Um, And it's one of my greatest kind of sadnesses and regrets, I guess. I mean, I really try not to dwell in regret too much, but when I think about how I left dance and 
why and that I'm not a part of it anymore, it, it hurts a little bit, you know, so I'm trying to find some ways to connect with that again and um, connect with my Irish heritage because it was such a big part of my upbringing. Um, I went to Ireland a few times a year when I was younger in like middle school, um, maybe also in, in grade school as well. And my uh, mom's father, my grandfather, is a preacher. And he, yeah, he's just this very robust, like loud Irish preacher. And he was always around. So I was getting huge doses of that. Um, and yeah, just that heritage. And I still actually today, I was like Googling Celtic goddesses because I just, <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's so beautiful and I really connect with it. So that's something I've carried with me my whole life and yeah, it has shaped me a lot. And, um, I also have, yeah, I also have Irish um, roots. My last name is Slattery. It's very mm -hmm. Irish. <laughs> yeah, that is very Irish. I feel like when I saw that as your last name, that resonated as being very Irish to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I haven't been to Ireland, but it's something that I would really, really love to do. I feel like it will be a really beautiful, strong pilgrimage. And ju just to explore mm -hmm. too, because I also have English roots and yeah, so with you with the Celtic connection because it feels very, very resonant and very strong for me too. And I know there's so much to, cool. to explore there. Yeah, there really is. And a part of that culture is, yeah, a huge part of it is the pilgrimage and the, the sense of place and the importance of place and of land and of culture there. My mom actually went back uh, for the first time in many years last year and did a kind of pilgrimage with a poet named David White. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's a really beautiful yeah. Um, yeah, I've read some of yeah, his Irish poet. Yeah, he's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so she did like a, a pilgrimage with him and it was just, yeah, she had nothing but incredible things to say about it. And Evan is also, I mean, he's rock. So that's super, super Irish as well. Um, he's actually probably more Irish than I am. And so we both are like, we got to go back and do like a few months in Ireland and really like kind of pay our dues there and connect with our ancestors there. I feel mm -hmm. a strong pull mm -hmm. to do that. And I'm living in a place where I live in Hawaii for anyone listening that doesn't know where I live. Um, and I moved out here only after having been here one time. And I've learned so much about this culture and about my place here since moving here I came here you know as I think often a lot of us do if we have fantasies about a new place and a new culture and we get there and we realize that that is not really our heritage and not our lineage and we must be respectful and um, participate and you know kind of pay our dues in a way if this is really something that we feel called to be a part of and I do feel called to be a part of this place and of this culture but it's so stark new for me it's super contrasted and not something I've um yeah really been a part of before so it's been interesting over the last two years living here to like dive into a completely new culture of myths and allegories and story and um yeah not feel like deeply connected to it in like a bone and marrow blood kind of way but 
in a really just inspired way, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been interesting. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same about my time spent in Bali. It's more of a humbled, respectful um, sort of stance on it and understanding that it isn't your culture, but um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, making sure you just exist in a way that is in harmony with what's been laid out there on that land. Um, and mm. yeah, I also feel the same about Australia. I have this feeling here because I mm. have so much respect for the indigenous people of this land and I understand it's so fresh still, um, yeah. you know, the colonization. And I have no idea how to bridge that gap except mm. doing the work within myself and, um, you know, okay. to the land here in a way that feels honoring. But yeah, it's, it's just, the worldwide story really and even um, with our Celtic roots you know if we're connecting to that Celtic culture like that got um mm. taken out by like the Christianity you know that uh-huh. got, like every culture has been um has been destroyed in some way or another and you know we are where we are now and all we can do is just yeah keep walking with with reverence and respect in whatever land we're on Mm, yeah totally we're just we're just visitors here you know and I'm also trying to find this interesting balance in um, my perspective my you know my truth what really everything comes back to it's like the place that I get to where there's really nowhere else to run and hide from this truth that like all is one and we are all the same no matter our skin color or our culture or our rituals or our ceremonies or where we grew up or where we are you know but yeah just trying to find this balance between like having that truth and perspective but then also being really grounded in place and knowing that I am just you know a passerby here anywhere on earth really and I have to be respectful and inquisitive and active in my yeah my offerings and my participation to wherever I show up it's an interesting balance (laughs) and what are some of your favorite rituals that you do on the daily to keep you in that space of connectedness and humility Mm -hmm. and um, peace and grace and all those good things (laughs) yeah all of the good things (laughs) that's what we want Um, what is so important for me and is just like a, yeah, just a given every single day is my morning practice of, um, stretching and meditation and tea. And sometimes depending on the day that can be like 10 or 15 minutes to do all those things at once, or it can be two hours. And, um, over the past year or so when I really, kind of broke away from the job that I had and started my own business and began to carve out my own schedule, I started to take like two hours for myself in the mornings. And it's not so much that way anymore because I get, yeah, I'm just a little more antsy to like get on with my day and um, create than I was before when I started that. I was in a place of like needing some deep relaxation and to slow down 
Um, but yeah, my, my morning practice of those three things is so important. And I used to do yoga. That used to be a really huge part of my centering and, um, yeah, grounding me in my body in the mornings. And for whatever reason, I don't, I don't so much do a practice anymore as I do just stretch. Maybe I got, I think I got into that kind of habit, but it feels really good. It just, you know, it still feels really fulfilling and grounding, but, um, Evan kind of does the same thing. He doesn't really do like a full yoga practice. He just kind of stretches. And I was like, that's really cool to not feel like a pressure because sometimes it would feel a pressure to do like my full Ashtanga practice, you know? And now I just kind of do the poses that my body feels like it needs that day and just to stretch and open it up and yeah, just get it all juicy and warmed up for the day. And meditation then is just like so, so, so huge for me. It really has been over the past few years. It's that thing that just always puts me back inside my body and helps me look at my thoughts and sometimes looking at those thoughts feels really hard and erratic um, but it's on those times that you know I actually really need it the most and I'm able to yeah be ushered back into my beauty and my truth and um, a huge part of all, all of my practices and rituals really is um, yeah, it's just kind of a theme of my life at the moment and like really seeing and knowing my own beauty and my own power and knowing my worth and all of that. And from there, I have this really grounded, but also just totally expanded place in which to, you know, get out in life and do things from, and that keeps me really balanced and inspired. But yeah. Mm, so beautiful. <laughs> and tea too. Tea is just like the best thing ever. Just any kind of tea, like drinking or like a tonic or whatever it is, you know, it's just something warm in the morning that like wakes you up a little bit and helps you just be really conscious during an act of sipping and it's just, yeah, it feels so good and inspiring for me to just drink something warm every single morning. And yeah. <laughs> mm, what are your favorite teas right now? What are your favorite plants to work with? Always, always green tea. I'm just such a lover of green tea and also pu'er. I love pu'er so much. The like fermented green tea is a little, I mean, it's got that like astrogen kind of bitterness to it um, that I really love, but it also has a sweetness and a lightness to it that I really resonate with. Um, I really like light, fresh things. I, I don't know if you have studied Ayurveda, and I'm not like super into it, but I've studied it quite a bit, and I'm a pitta, which means I'm super fiery, and I tend to get really heated and fiery in general, and that's so true, and I really need like light, fresh things um, and green tea is just a tea that always gives me that um, but I love pu'er too the like fermented kind of funky earthy element um, and then I love to make like medicinal mushroom tonics with like fresh coconut milk that I make I love making coconut milk and 
warming it up and blending medicinal mushrooms. I'm super into lion's mane right now. That is such an amazing mushroom. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. Um, so I'm really into that. And also nettles, in, like nettle infusions. I make a nettle infusion almost every single day and drink that. And chaga, I'm super into right now too. Evan and I make chaga infusions almost every day. He's really into it also because it's a really powerful antioxidant. It's one of the highest antioxidants on earth, if not the highest. And it's got melanin in it, which acts as like an internal sunscreen. And we're both super fair Irish skin. So we need some some sun protection living in Hawaii. So yeah, I'm really inspired by that mushroom. It's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Mushrooms, like the energy that they bring to your body. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's a whole nother level, really. They really do elevate you. Sometimes like I've actually just started studying now and I'll make my tonics in the morning and then I'll just, mm-hmm. I usually just have a big tonic until lunch and that will like just sustain me through totally. like, quite yeah. a few hours. And I'm like sitting in class and my energy is just like, wow. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'm so into the tonics as <laughs> you definitely know, but yeah. yeah, working with the mushrooms, like, yeah, I just, it's totally life changing. I would recommend anyone to jump onto the mushrooms, like reishi oh. and chaga and yeah, I'm into the other, I work mm-hmm. with um, a brand called Superfeast, So I'm kind of like constantly, shifting you know what like they'll send me different ones and I'll try those out some more um like tonic herbs and things like that but the mushrooms are just like daily staples totally they're just so amazing and when I first started ingesting them it was almost like I got a little too ambitious which I tend to do with foods and plants I've got like a voracious appetite and I don't know. I've always just thought that like more is better and that is so not the case with mushrooms. And so when I first started working with them, I was probably having more than I really, like I should have started smaller, you know, and kind of worked my way up. And so when I first had them, I was like, oh my God, these are really intense. Like it would make me really nauseous and, but also give me like crazy energy. I could definitely feel their powers. Um, And then I was like, I should just be more intuitive about this, you know, be, and that's such an important part of herbalism and just like eating plants in general, because there's so much information out there a bit, you know, about every plant and every tonic herb and mushroom and adaptogen that says what it can be good for, for you. But really what it ultimately comes down to is like you having an intuitive conversation with that plant or that fungi, like whatever it is, like really feel into whether that's something that you need to bring into your life or that like wants to come heal you or not, because every body type is different, you know, and not every herb and mushroom wants to be mixed together. It's good to like start in moderation and go about it intuitively before you just like dive into all the things, which I did. And that helped me, you know, because it was a start and helped me to have more of a conversation with, you know, the plants that, really want to work with me at this time but yeah Mm, yeah I've come to that realization yeah also in the same way um I think just through 
even just through the whole veganism and raw veganism movement, mm -hmm. I got very into that and just, you know, was just mm -hmm. trusting that to be the be all and end all. And now I'm just, yeah, just really mm -hmm. have to listen every single day to what you actually really need. And I actually just recently got a blood test done and I was just like, had no iron and no B12 mm. at all in my system. Like, wow. I didn't know how I was standing. And I, yeah, I hadn't mm. seen a doctor for years, actually. I just kind of avoided it because I never really get sick. And um, yeah. but there was this undercurrent of exhaustion that I was feeling and like mm -hmm. nothing would really like satisfy that. And I was, yeah, I'm taking all these adaptogenic herbs that supposedly help with your adrenals and da da da. But yeah, yeah. so, um, ended up having to get an iron infusion and weekly B12 wow. shot. <laughs> I feel better now, but I just, I've had to really rethink what I'm putting into my body and um, mm. just not be so, um, yeah, just not label myself so much. Also, I feel like I've really mm -hmm. stepped away from the veganism label and have, mm -hmm. yeah, identifying with that and not being open to any other way. So, but I had to go down that route yeah. and really experience it to, to understand. Oh, I so feel you, sister. I'm in the same, same place. <laughs> That's been a huge, um, yeah, theme of my life and my unveiling and deconstructing over the past few months. Um, I sat in a ceremony a, a few months ago, actually, maybe just like a month ago, and went in with like a completely separate intention of, I mean, what I got out of it really fulfilled my intention. But yeah, I came out of it with this really profound realization of how attached I am to food and like to the label of a vegan or yeah, just veganism in general or like how it is that I eat and why and I just I realized I was so attached to that and that that energy is what was causing so many of the like physical ailments that were subtle but definitely like disrupting my days you know like bad digestion and um, exhaustion you know of course I was exhausted and my stomach was cramped up because I was like so attached to this certain way of being and of like showing up in the world or of eating and it I just needed to let go and yeah that was really powerful for me and I've also been yeah just pretty attached to veganism and to that label for a couple years now and I'm also realizing that it's not the end-all be-all and it definitely is you know what makes me feel my best and feel most connected to the earth and um, all of these things, but it's also not the answer and it's maybe not for me and also definitely not for everyone. We're all on our own journey and, you know, there's so many things that are really nourishing to different body types and different energies that who am I to judge, you know? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I actually got <laughs> the, same, the same message when I was in um, Peru. It was really clear for me um that yeah mm -hmm. i needed to really really drop that label because um mm. yeah and i actually ended up eating meat a couple times in peru when i was like 
I got mm. a message really strong in a ceremony one day and just ended up surrendering and we had a meal mm. um beautiful local family's home like really remote and you know the chicken that we had was like from their land they had like mm -hmm. prepared it properly for us and and I just I just went for it and I really enjoyed yeah. it thanks to it and that was like you know a full liberating moment for me to just be like mm -hmm. wow like I can exist in a different way and it sounds yeah. really strange for people who maybe haven't had that experience but I just understood mm -hmm. that um yeah, I don't need to fully attach myself to one way of being. It's so important to be adaptable. It's so important to listen instead of just continuing to have this, this strict idea about this is what I have. This is what I don't have. You know, as you say, it really does affect the body too. It can really disrupt your digestive system mm -hmm. because it's stress, it's stress and it's tension. And that's obviously going to create yeah. it in your body. And it's, yeah, it's like really saying yes more and more to fluidity. And um, mm -hmm. that's really helped my digestive system too. And, and my whole nervous system, I guess. And yeah, yeah. So right there with you. <laughs> yeah, the stress thing is so interesting because we think about it as like, yeah, coming from particular things like work or relationship stress or money or whatever. But stress is really just any kind of, like grasping energy or like stagnant contracted energy that we're really identified with and afraid to release we're afraid of surrender in that particular facet of life for whatever reason you know our ego thinks it's gonna die if it lets go of that and it does you know like your ego identification as a vegan, which is something that was so important for so many years, dies the moment that you surrender to it and let it go, you know, and it's super scary, but not surrendering is so stressful. <laughs> it causes so much pain. And I'm just like constantly learning that in life and constantly seeing where I'm holding on and, you know, what's, what's really blocking me and causing me stress and it's often like things that I, I really don't expect but I'm grateful to see and let go of feels good, good to let go <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> yeah it's uh, yeah you, once you start this I guess this journey of self-discovery that never really ends but it's constantly letting go more and more and more <laughs> unlearning mm -hmm. more and more and more and it's mm -hmm. definitely not comfortable it's, yeah <laughs> yeah I'm so inspired by those things right now that really just like help me help all of us to lift those veils and let go a little bit and it's even things as simple as like this conversation or you know if you're on the other side of this conversation listening to it you know just listening to people converse or being out in nature or you know sitting in ceremony or curating your own little ceremony and rituals and just looking at what feels hard and what feels darker and knowing that it's not inherently bad and you're not gonna die but just look at it and let it go <laughs> i'm so inspired by the little moments and things that yeah help me 
to let go because I'm like, I'm addicted to it now. I'm totally addicted to surrender because it just, just makes life flow so much easier. Mm, so good that you've come to that place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not fully. It might sound like a lot better than it actually is. I still like last night I woke up in the middle of the night with a lot of anxiety about like, what am I doing in my life and my finances and all of these things, you know? But we have to feel those things and have those moments and be superhuman and feel super dark in order to have that perspective and like, like know how to break through. I see all of those things and anxiety and depression and whatever as such gifts. They're such gifts because without them, I would not be where I am today. I wouldn't like have the beautiful life that I see that I have now. And yeah, I'm grateful for when those things pop up and I don't feel as afraid of them anymore than I used to. I used to feel really afraid of feeling bad and now I don't necessarily want it, you know, but I'm not, I'm not so scared of it or attached to it when it comes. It's just a part of it all and I know that we all feel it and we all experience it. We are not alone in our darkness. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an important um, realization to just not, yeah, to not be attached to feeling any particular way at all, to allow it all. And that's the same. Yeah. As you were saying before, just the surrender. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not labeling. This is good. This is bad. Like, okay, there's this right now. And yeah. Um, yeah, how am I going to feel it and how am I going to let it go? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I would really love to talk to you about um, your business and how yeah. that came about and yeah, what you've learned through being your own boss and setting that all up and yeah, marketing it and just the whole process, how it came together. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been so interesting. It's had such an evolution just over the past like year and a half, maybe not even since I started my business and still like right this moment, I'm not even entirely sure what to tell you what my business really is because it's gone through so much growth and evolution. And just yesterday, Evan and I had a lot of really, you know, amazing open conversations about even more growth and evolution that my business really needs and really wants. Like yesterday, we finally got really clear on some aspects of it. Um, but basically, two years ago, I moved out to Hawaii uh, just <laughs> on an intuitive calling. It made no sense to anyone but me. Um, my family was totally freaked out and angry at me and my work was like totally confused and convinced that I was in New York City at the time and they were just totally convinced that I was going to be back within three months. And so they put me on a three month retainer and I was doing something that I could have done. Well, it, it was much harder to do remotely, but I could have done it. I was running um, the online magazine for a company called Sakara Life. and um, yeah. So they put me on this three month retainer and they were like, you know, we'll revisit in three months if you're going to come home or, you know, if this is working for us or not. 
And so I was like, cool, I've, you know, I've got a job that is still paying me, you know, while I'm out there for a few months. But truthfully, all along in my heart, like every single day during those three months, I was like, what am I going to do so that I can, you know, when that three months is up, be free. And I don't get me wrong. I loved the job and I love the company so much. They're some of my favorite people and some of the most powerful women in the whole world. And I was really excited about my job and it was so me, like every part of it was so me, but it also wasn't so me because it wasn't me who created it. And something about that felt really wrong for me um, up to a certain point. And it was like, all of a sudden, I just realized that I have to, have to create something myself and that felt so heavy and so frightening um because I never really saw myself doing that as a kid I I was raised pretty yeah and pretty strict I mean yeah pretty strict environment of a private Christian school kindergarten through 12th grade and then you know ushered into college to get a degree and work in the industry that I wanted to work in and have a career and do really well in that and that was totally my mindset for so long even you know my first year out of college I was like stoked on climbing a career ladder and living in a city forever and then all of a sudden I woke up one day and I wasn't anymore and I was so afraid of that but it was the truest true I knew and so, yeah, that three months was up and I was like, I got to create something. And so my sweet husband, who was just my boyfriend at the time, was really patient with me and asked me a lot of questions and just did a lot of diving deep with me about what it is that I wanted to create and what it is that I wanted to do. And at the time, I really just wanted to make jewelry and design jewelry. That's been a huge part of my life, adornment and clothing. I studied fashion in college. Um, and just the emotional and spiritual and psychological side of adornment has been so fascinating to me my whole life. And I wanted to create that. And I had a vision I've had for a while, like I had this vision of, you know, these jewelry pieces that I wanted to design and these stories these little allegories that I wanted to go along with them um, and to really use it as symbolic and, you know, allegorical body adornment that when a person wears this piece, it reminds them of something that they need to be reminded of, you know, whether it's of their beauty or their worth or, you know, their brilliance or whatever it is. I wanted these pieces to make people remember things and feel things about themselves so we started with that we started with the jewelry business and um, he helped me figure out what that meant and launch it and it was just that for it was just the jewelry for a while and then I began to feel about I'd say like eight months ago I began to feel pretty stunted in my creative expression with that and really wanted to express a lot more because a fine jewelry business and my website like has a, had a blog and the stories that go along with the pieces felt super creative but I wanted more 
I just like, and I still to this day, like why it's going to keep growing is because I just want more for it. I want more ways to express and to collaborate and all of these things. And so a couple of months ago, I rebranded the whole thing. It was called Steel Henry before, which is my middle and last name. And then I rebranded it basically to encompass just general personal creative expression through my YouTube channel and Instagram and then whatever else I want to create. And so now it's called Megan Moon. And it felt really important for me to have my name as a part of that. And I, Megan Moon was coming to me in dreams and just like, yeah, it was so calling to me. And, um, I love the moon. That's like a whole other topic. It's so, I'm so cliche and silly in that way, but I have such a love affair with the moon and it's such a huge part of my business and my life. And so that's what it's called now. And I'm just basically trying to be myself and express in ways that feel good. And I just intend for it to be of service to others and yeah, to remind others of how okay they are and that we're all going through the same thing and it's all good. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm so right there with you. The, my project, the Mojo Mecca, came through in a vision also. And it also, mm -hmm. it almost feels like its own entity, like it's its own being yeah, that totally. and be expressed and it's like mm -hmm. come on share this today come <laughs> see this person like there would just be yeah it feels so guided and I think that's what I'm coming to with this business because I've really had a little bit of struggle with that business side of it because when it is such a like deep passion and, um, you know, creative outlet, then it's hard to really like start to take that seriously as a, you know, as a profitable business. But I think that's mm -hmm. where we are in a time where we're really redesigning what business means. And especially as women, like really yeah. bringing that feminine aspect to it and that intuitive aspect that says, yeah, yeah that is that listening, listening to, you know, like if you didn't listen to the, the name change and to, you know, that entity that was coming through in the dreams, then you would have been still stuck in the past name and that wouldn't have been as real for you and wouldn't have allowed you to, yeah, transform the business and, you know, reach more people or create different things. So yeah, it's totally about that listening. And then, yeah, and then I think it's also like understanding your worth and your worthiness. That's been the biggest piece for me with, with mm. out there. It's like, this is worthy information. This is a worthy product. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, and um, mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that's where I'm at with my business. And we've mm -hmm. both got the double M's going. <laughs> Hey, we do. That's yeah. awesome. I was about that um, yesterday when I was thinking about this. Podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah, I never realized that. M's. That's awesome. <laughs> double the M's, double the power. Mm. Yeah, it's you're right on, and that like it's yeah, redefining business intuitively it feels so important today. Um, especially as women, because we have a little bit of an, 
an upper <laughs> energy on the intuition and the just the feeling based aspect of business than a lot of men do and i don't mean to generalize because a lot of men are super intuitive and can be really feeling based about business but um yeah it's really important for me to feel things before i decide whether they want to be or not and sometimes I get really overwhelmed with just little business decisions um, that I don't need to be overwhelmed by, but my feelings contradict what strategically on paper looks like it could be the best thing. And, you know, because if, if the paper, the data is telling you that this is going to be really good for you to do to grow your business or whatever, then you want to do it. But then Sometimes my feelings are like, uh-uh, that's not authentic. That's not right for you. You're not allowed to do that. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> so then what else do I do? It's such a journey, but it's so fun to feel our way through business. It's a new, new kind of perspective on it and structure. But I'm also, I've, I can tend to be pretty flighty and be really ethereal before I am grounded. And I, I really am trying to get a lot more grounded in my business um, and in my finances and all of those real world things and be a little bit more strategic and practical about them. But still, when I show up for, for that strategy in those moments, I really intend to hold an intuitive, like, balanced perspective on but does this feel like what this business really wants and if not how can we rethink it you know totally feel you with the being more strategic with the business because I often think I I tend more towards the feminine side of the trusting and flowing and really not taking my finances you know seriously enough or tracking them enough and I actually just two days ago I had a powerful um business coaching session with this woman and she just really woke me up yeah. to those limitations that I'd created for myself just not tracking what's coming in and you know monitoring it and um and having goals too like having clear financial yeah. goals I had a block to to creating financial goals I can make goals about other things about creative stuff but yeah. Um, just understanding the importance of creating abundance and I think that's yeah I've really been very awake to that blockage that I've had in me um yeah it's come up very strong recently um as something that I really need to look at and move through if I am going to really um create the life that I want to create and the impact that I want to create I need you know, financial abundance and, and freedom. Yeah. 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 Totally. And that requires strategy and goals and planning and saving and being more real with all of that side of things. Yeah, it really does. And I've had a similar block in that I, I'm, and you know, it's good because I feel I feel okay and comfortable with a really minimal life and, you know, not having too much money or too, you know, too many responsibilities and things. But um, 
there's an even bigger part of me that understands what being smart and um yeah bringing abundance into my life and knowing that the abundance does not have to be a burden it is a blessing you know and we want a family we want children and we want to travel and um you know give our children opportunity and all of these things and that's really what i want to be smart about and bring abundance into my life for is in order to provide for these other little beings, you know, in ways that that feel good for them and to have them look up to me and to their father and to know that it's okay to work hard and to work smart and to not just sit back and, you know, want, I mean, it's good to be minimal. And I think that will always be a part of my life. I don't like to have a lot of stuff or, or do too much, but I've had to learn that it's okay to feel worthy of bringing financial abundance into my life and for using it for good, you know, to help out cases and charities and, and organizations that I feel connected to or friends in, or family in need or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's It just allows you to really yeah help more people and create more of a change in your life and mm -hmm. other people's lives and yeah so mm -hmm. i'm in the process of really reworking that idea in my consciousness too mm -hmm. and um, mm, just knowing that we do deserve that we deserve that life yeah yeah and it really like you said just comes back to self-worth I feel that pretty much everything does our ability to manifest anything in our lives really really comes back to how we feel about how worthy we are of that manifestation or of that abundance or not and oftentimes at least for me in my experience I'm in a place of low self-worth and that is what is keeping me from being able to bring the things into my life that I feel are my purpose you know but I really have to keep getting over that that hump of knowing that I am worthy of creating this and have all of the means and all of the support to do so mm -hmm. yeah on that note what is the vision for Megan Moon where do you see that project that business heading yeah, I, I'm really interested my whole life. I've been really fascinated by intuition and living and navigating life intuitively and on my own, just like, I guess for fun, but in my own practices and writing, I'm, I love writing. That is really my true art form that I love the most. It brings me the most joy and um, I really want for that to be a part of Megan Moon in any way that it can be. And so in writing over the past few years, I've been writing a lot about intuition and what that means for me and what that feels like and how important it is to navigate life from that place. Um, and it, all this perspective really emerged from like 
some hangups that I've had uh, about manifestation and like the law of attraction and all of that kind of stuff. I've just like, I've never really vibed with it in the ways that I feel like mainstream kind of does. Um, it hasn't like I've, I've done it, you know, like watched the secret and like wanted to manifest all these things in my life and um, use those tools and stuff. But at the end of the day, I realized that if I'm not rooted in my truth, which I just call my intuition, like you could call it your soul or, you know, your spirit or your purpose or, you know, God or whatever it is, like I really experience intuition as being God. It's this, this feeling energy of wisdom that is written in all of us and we are all connected to it and it's all one thing. We're all one intuition and one wisdom that is working together, you know? And if I'm not rooted in that place and knowing my purpose and what is good for me, then I can't manifest anything that's really going to serve my path and serve others. It'll just be fluff that my mind or my ego thinks that it needs in order to be purposeful or be beautiful or whatever. And that's come from experience and like manifesting and getting a lot of what I want and it being, you know, pretty detrimental and setting me into a, a hard place that I've had to climb out of. And, you know, it's, it's been a blessing, but climbing out of that, I've realized like that I, I need to manifest my life from a place of truth and do it intuitively. Um, not just because it's a little life that someone else has. So that's really a message that <laughs> that was a more complicated explanation of it, but a message that I really want to infuse in into Megan Moon. And I want to infuse that message into videos. I'm really stoked on creating YouTube videos right now. It's been really fun to dive into that art. Um, so I really want to keep doing that, but also, and I really want to keep doing jewelry too. That will always be a big part of it. I'm excited about designing more pieces and um, getting those out there and also doing some collaborations with, with other people, you know, that want to design pieces and write their own stories about it and stuff. But what Evan and I were talking about yesterday that we're actually going to do probably today with the YouTube channel is begin to make it a joint thing because he's such a big part of it and helping me make videos. And he's such a big part of this business. You know, like I really intend for this to be our family business. And so in order for it to really grow and to be that um, which is the greater vision of this, that it's this thing that allows us to, express ourselves and to um yeah provide for ourselves and for our family through freedom and spontaneity and um and service it really matters to have him be a really big part of that and so yeah he's gonna start to be a really big part of the channel and it's called megan moon right now but we might rename it and that poor channel has been renamed so, so. many times <laughs> Because it was, but, um, wasn't it Evan's, um, uh -huh. what was it called before? Like four different things. I don't even know. 
was that <laughs> channel that he posted remember when um he used to do those different songs like those i remember seeing some with charles yeah with charles <laughs> yes yeah those are still on there for anyone that wants to like listen to some really fun island music with evan and his friend charles it's still on the channel um yeah but it's that it was i think then it was called like evan rock and the love ambassador which was charles he was the love ambassador and then it was called the ina because it was you know just kind of he wanted it to not so much be about him but about the land so it was that for a while and then it was megan moon and now it's probably going to be something like megan and evan i don't know what yet but <laughs> mm -hmm. we really we really want to yeah come together a lot more we both felt a little restless and imbalanced in in our pursuits and our our creative pursuits and stuff and yesterday we were like why are we not just doing this together like i don't want this to be just me and he doesn't want it to be just him either and we're both like i'm a capricorn he's a scorpio and we're both really like yeah business-minded and hard workers and we both like the spotlight and being ceos and so neither of us are willing to take like a back seat supportive role completely we both want to be a really important part of whatever it is that we're creating so yesterday we were just like why don't we just do this together this is crazy so yeah mm, that feels really good that feels really exciting yeah it does it does i'm excited to have like uh, it, the balanced male perspective as well and the people that um, originally followed the channel followed because of him you know and a lot of like when I jumped on the channel I lost like thousands and thousands of subscribers that were it was people that like didn't give anything about me you know but then I gained a lot so I've now have this like beautiful following of of young girls and older women and um yeah a, a women audience but i'm like there's still some men on here that i know want to hear from you and i know that there's many more men out there that also want to hear from you so let's just do it and you guys can really speak to um conscious relationships too because that's such a yeah totally and yeah <laughs> i remember when i was with arterium and just the couple of videos that we did together they were the ones that mm. got the most views because you mm. rarely see people like a couple talking about you know the struggles in their relationship and how they move through them and you know the, mm -hmm. the different ways that they um make a relationship work um mm -hmm. i think it's such an important piece and an important conversation to have and you guys would both speak so beautifully to that and so yeah i would I would definitely love to see more about conscious relating and um, cool. yeah, that side of things too. But yeah, yeah, we'll yeah Evan is incredible yeah. with what he brings through and I've been following him for ages. Like, um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited that he's jumping back on the YouTube train because he's definitely Thank a strong you. messenger. He definitely is. Yeah. He's, he's very clear and he's very wise and he's really talented too. Just practically like he's got a really good brain and he's really, really brilliant. Um, but he's also really wise and he's just like such an old spirit that he's just so wise. And 
I really want for him to share that more. And so I'm really excited for, yeah, him to share some of his wisdom again on this channel and for us to do it together. It feels very right. Totally. feels very right. I would love to hear how you moved through, I guess, the whole vulnerability aspect of being seen in mm. videos and I guess photos to just through putting yourself out there because it's a huge thing and not many people really talk mm. about it. Um, like the inner process that goes on when you are putting yourself and especially, you know, the topics that you and I both talk about, it's like very intimate, yeah. like dialogue that we have within ourselves that we, you know, somehow yeah. feel called to share with the world, but it's, it's super vulnerable and, you know, it opens you up to a lot of, um, I mean, not that it matters a lot, but you know, there's always going to be people who think you're just crazy <laughs> and don't resonate totally. at all. But, yeah, um, totally. And I get comments like that that are like, I don't understand you. You're crazy. You know, I'm just like, I'm going to delete that because there's just no point in engaging. <laughs> yeah, I delete it too. <laughs> yeah, so if you could speak to that, that whole process of putting yourself out there. Yeah, it's been really hard for me, to be honest. Um, and it still is. And I don't expect it to ever get completely easy. But it was mostly really hard for me because... For many years now, I've been really insecure and afraid of completely showing my face because I dealt with really bad cystic acne for a couple years. Um, and it's not nearly as bad as it used to be, but it still creeps up sometimes, you know. My skin is the thing that has woken me up. It's my greatest teacher and it's my map. You know, when my skin's freaking out, I'm like, okay, you're trying to tell me something here. Like, what, where do we need to realign? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a great teacher, but it's freaking difficult. And it really was for, for a couple of years. And so um, it really wasn't until I just freaking did it and like put myself out there that I felt more okay with showing my face. Um, and I definitely was in a place when I started doing that where I wasn't as afraid to show my face anymore because my skin had healed so much. Um, and was kind of, and I was really unattached to it then and it was becoming such a non-issue anymore. So I felt a lot more open um, and just knowing that it's something I can talk about and be honest about, um, and be of service to others that are going through that, you know, and are afraid to put their face out there or feel really insecure and sad about their acne. Like I can use that to my advantage and really help some other people. So that began to feel really good, um, and comforting, but I, yeah, I was afraid to for a really long time because, I went many years hiding my face from the world and hiding what was going on inside of me that was ultimately showing up on my face, you know, by covering it up with act or with um, makeup or just like not going out, just wanting to stay in and hide my face. And 
thinking about that, like I'm so not in that place at all anymore. I haven't worn makeup in like two years and um, I don't ever let the state of my skin hinder me from going out and socializing or like pulling my hair back and showing myself off in a video or to the world. But um, thinking about it kind of hurts right now because that's so painful, you know, to be living in that space. And it was really hard to, to get over that and to heal um, and to know that the healing really, and it really has, like this was my truth, the healing really started to happen for my skin when I opened up and allowed myself to be seen and just relaxed and let it be okay and trusted that it was going to go away. <laughs> and it pretty much has. Um, so yeah, that was something that held me back for a very, very, very long time. And I think is why I didn't put myself out there on YouTube or um, on social media in general until I did. I always had had a desire to share myself um, with the world, but the one thing that kept me from doing so for so long was my acne. And so it feels really good to just let go of that and to know that it's okay. Um, and I, something I've been thinking about a lot lately is that um, and I really wasn't aware of this until lately is that I'm not open about that at all on Instagram. I just like post pretty pictures and my writing and am not as authentic and as real as I would like to be on that platform and um, really feel called to start sharing that on there and to get more real there and um, I, yeah, social media is so interesting and because it's such a mirror, like you really see yourself doing things and you're like, okay, I, I need to <laughs> realign a little bit and get real. And so I'm seeing that in myself right now. I'm really seeing that I need to get a little bit more raw on that platform because YouTube's different because I'm like showing my face and talking about my feelings. Um, so it feels more vulnerable, but Instagram is a place where I think it can be really easy for all of us to hide our insecurities and our vulnerabilities because it's so easy to edit and airbrush a picture or not show your face in a picture and just like, you know, write something nice. Um, it's really easy to hide for me to hide on there. And so I would like to not do that anymore and to be really honest about where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's, yeah, as you say, it is, it's so easy to just create, um, yeah, an image of yourself that isn't really real. And I think it's just important for everyone to recognize that, like, even people who are sharing vulnerably, it's, like, still a fabricated version of your life. It's still not Always. ever going to be not real. authentic to everything that that person is going through. And, yeah, um, yeah, I notice myself doing that too. And I'm conscious of sharing things that are vulnerable. Um, yeah, you are. Yeah, but still always like there is so yeah. much that's going on <laughs> that's, that's very like, you know, that I'm still, and I think it's important to recognize like when you are in a place where you're ready to share about those sort of things, because like I can often think totally. like, oh yeah, something's up for me and I just want to like be vulnerable and share about it, but I haven't really integrated it within myself or really right. do it. And I'm just really mm -hmm. conscious recently of not wanting to share 
from from that excited place, you know, of like yes. thinking I've moved through it, but I haven't really actually haven't. rooted in that new idea, mm-hmm. that new way of being or seeing myself. And yeah, so mm-hmm. that's something that's been, yeah, strong for me, but I think it's, you're on a really beautiful track with what you're doing. And there's so many people who never even okay. get to that place of realizing the importance of sharing, um, vulnerability and realness and rawness on those social media platforms because it's yeah yeah, you don't really know the impact that you your images are having on on people especially you know as your following Mm -hmm. starts to grow you don't really know the individual's like feelings Mm -hmm. (laughs) um about what you're doing and it's it can be really dangerous i mean we do it we like scroll and see someone and just like immediately you know feel less than because of a photo or um yeah a depiction of someone's life and yeah so I think it's really really important for us to continue to share more of that rawness and break through that veil of social media Mm. (laughs) glossiness I guess (laughs) yeah yeah so it's so interesting (laughs) Yep. Yeah. But I think we both share that common vision of just really working with those social media platforms in a way that is um, benefiting, you know, the wider community, the global community. And especially, you know, it's the same for you. It's mostly young women. And it's like, that's the people that, um, yeah. well, we are young women too. We are, are we the same age? Um, I just turned 25. Are you 25? Yeah. Okay. I'm turning 24 this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Almost the same. (laughs) Yeah. It's just such a, yeah, as you're stepping out as a woman in the world, it's just really important for you to um, have good influences around you, have good um, information Mm -hmm. streaming in, especially through those worlds, because you can just subconsciously pick up so much stuff that you don't need to take in. (laughs) So if we Mm -hmm. can just keep... I think that's what drives both of us is just that knowingness of um, just infusing goodness into those worlds where they're mm. a lot of the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's so true. I'm so inspired by that. And I've always been so inspired by you in that way and like how authentically you share and how real it feels. And of course you're going to have things that, you know, you're going through that never gets shared, but that's so sacred and it's okay, you know, not to put everything out there. I think like the vulnerability trend in general could actually, and is destructive because it can be inauthentic, you know, if you haven't really integrated it or if you're just sharing vulnerabilities because it's trendy, you know, or for the sake of sharing it, it's like, it's a, it's really a balance and feeling what what feels right for you to share that can be of service to others and then what feels sacred to you that you feel like you need to keep journeying through for a couple more years you know but yeah i've always been super inspired by you and your your authenticity and um yeah i really i really am inspired to put more of that out into the world and when I think about I love technology and I know you do too you like design websites and 
are super tech savvy and I love technology and futuristic like AI VR stuff. I, I love it. And I think about the future of like what social media will be. And if I'm building a business that is largely rooted in that, um, and like expressing on that, then what, what does that look like for me, you know, and how can I, how can I remain purposeful and, um, yeah, authentic in that. And it's, it's just, is a day by day thing really, but I think it's important to keep being honest and being open and having the intention of just making people feel loved and feel okay <laughs> yeah yeah I'm really grateful that you've stepped up and are sharing more and I love watching you and hearing you and yeah I'm yeah just grateful just grateful to be connecting with you. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, likewise yeah likewise yeah <laughs> we're very resonant um and i'm sure we'll connect in person one day yeah i look forward to that maybe on a celtic irish adventure heck yeah heck yeah i think i just called that in <laughs> i know i've had this vision actually cool. for a while i was like really feeling it would be beautiful to go to those places with a group of women who all have that sort of lineage and like are interested in diving in there. And yeah, so the seed is being planted for that. Let's um, keep watering it. Let's do it. I love that. <laughs> mm. So we've been chatting for a while. So I think we should kind of start to bring it back in and I think I messaged you and asked if you had any sort of piece of writing or piece of poetry that um, you feel called to share or that would be relevant yeah. for this conversation that we've been having so yeah do you have anything that you'd like to share I do let me pull it up so it's not so much poetry it's just like I don't know it's a couple of paragraphs it's not too long but I wrote this a few days ago, so it feels really fresh and, yeah, new for me right now. Um, and actually, I made it into a YouTube video, and I also put it on my blog, and I called it We Are Special, and um, it really, yeah, just kind of came through me one morning um, after Evan had taken a bunch, he had just been really inspired to go. We have this like macro lens that we use for our jewelry shots. That's like a super like zoomed in. Um, I think it's like a hundred and five millimeter lens or something like that. And so he was like, I should go take like nature macro shots. And he took such epic shots of, and it's in this video um, that's on my channel now. I forget what it's called. I don't remember what I called it, but. Oh, I called it Don't Forget. That's what it's called um, on the channel. But I was so inspired by that and all of just the little wonder that is out like in our backyard that I don't always see, you know, like the little spider weaving his web and the little gecko hiding underneath the chair. And yeah, I just felt so connected to the goings on of earth. So it says... There are abundant miracles in the most unlikely places. Life is creating and actualizing all around us and how easily we forget. 
how easily we forget that we are inextricable essences of the plant and the animal kingdoms of the cosmos and of the sea. We are special because we are one, not because we are the species. We are special because we are integral in this dance of self-realizing love, of self-realizing God. We are not special in the framework that our individuality believes that we are, but we are special because we are the mana, prana, chi, or life force of the creator that is embodied in the simple wonder of it all. We don't have to travel much further than our own backyards to be still with the wonder of Mama Earth. A simple sprout, a snowfall, a rain, a flower, some veggies, the bees, or the trees, all of it is persistent teeming with a thirst for life and absolute beauty. All of it is alchemy, the transformation of energy into wholesome, purposeful matter. We are birthed from Mother Earth and our passing body will melt back with her soils. The nourishment that falls from the sky is the same that falls from our eyes. Our blood runs as free and is as life-giving as the stream. When planted in a promising place, we unfurl as breathlessly as the flower. Life is drawn to our nectar and we become seamlessly of service with our presence. You have the divine right to bloom. You have the right to feel a purposeful part of it all. You are destined to again discover your gorgeous self in the mirror of Mother Earth. You are allowed to step away from what hinders this meeting. You are destined to melt back into an intuitive conversation with the beauty that you see, most especially the small things. We are one and we are here because we are loved by love. Is there any greater occasion for celebration than that? That's it. <laughs> oh, I'm crying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We needed to hear that today. Oh, Chloe, that's awesome. Thank you. I'm so glad. Thank you so much for sharing. I was yeah. right there following that vision. Mm. Thank you. Thanks so much for saying yes to having this conversation. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> all the good it's totally about the little things and Mm -hmm. yeah i'm all about that just yeah when the mind gets too strong just tapping back into some intricate detail of this existence Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that Mm -hmm. always helps me too Mm -hmm. so if people want to connect with you how can they do that yeah, they can find me on Instagram at Megan, it's M-E-A-G-A-N underscore moon. Um, and my YouTube channel is the same. It's just Megan Moon. But it and might be different. <laughs> it, might be, yeah, it, might be, it might be Megan and Evan soon. <laughs> um, so you can search that as well if Megan Moon doesn't come up. Um, and then my website is meganmoon.com and that's not going to change. That's still on there. And on there is where all my jewelry is and my blog and some of that stuff. So yeah, we can connect that way. And I love chatting with people on Instagram that like lights me up to get good, like questions, you know, I love answering questions and just starting conversations. It feels so good to me. So 
yeah, don't ever hesitate to reach out. I really, I really enjoy it. It's a really important part of all of this for me is connecting with others and starting conversations and uh, yeah, just feeling supported and, and loved. Mm -hmm. And you also send out a really beautiful newsletter. Is it every month or every two weeks? It's every two weeks. It's yeah. At the new and full moons, I send out an inspired little, yeah, moon energy newsletter. And it's not astrological really by any means. I'm not, I'm not super into astrology. I don't, I really don't understand very much about it. Um, and don't like super connect to it to the point where I really want to study it. But, um, yeah, the moon is such a, like I, I said, it's just such a big part of my life and has been so symbolic for me and such a guiding factor um, in my feminine nature and in my cyclical nature. And that's, yeah, been really important for me to connect with the cycles of like my menstrual cycle, you know, how different I am every week throughout the month. And um, yeah, to have the moon as like a reference for that and so every new and full moon I just send out a little message of you know to inspire you to think about or feel into something during that time with a little ritual to practice to yeah to go there and to integrate that so yeah people could sign up for that newsletter it's on their website you'll get a little pop-up and a blank to sign up for that if you would like to definitely recommend it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, thank you everyone for listening to stay tuned for the next podcast.